0: Mm -hmm. welcome everyone to another episode of slasher scotty i am your host scotty mccoy and boy do i have a surprise for all of you i have on zoom with me right now debbie sue Voorhees, and this is the third time she's on my show and this time the first time i had her on we discussed friday the 13th part five the second time i had her on we discussed 13 fanboy Well, the third time is the charm, we're discussing them both, and I'm so glad to have her on. How are you doing today, Debbie?
1: I'm terrific, Scotty. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Again.
0: Yes, I'm so glad to have you on, and I know that uh, that, uh, this is the first time I'm using my new microphone. Uh, We worked it out together before we started recording, and I'm so glad. It sounds so much crisper.
1: It sounds fantastic. I love it.
0: Thank you so much. So, the first question I do got for you before we go into 13 Fanboy and then Friday the 13th is How did you get your start into acting and filmmaking?
1: That's a good question. Um, it was back, I was actually working at the Playboy Club in Dallas, um, and the TV show Dallas was there. And um, I started working on that set. Um, I did seven speaking roles in seven different episodes. And I did, um, I also did, you know, some extra work on the show and things. Um, but um, I also worked as a stand-in. And working as a stand-in, to me, that was the most fun. awesome. you're behind the scenes and you get to um, be a part of the crew and feel a part of the family. Mm-hmm. So, oh, um, for those who don't know, a stand-in is somebody. The, while the actors are getting their makeup and stuff ready, the camera department and lighting department has to get everything set up, mm-hmm. and they get somebody there. And so, I stood in for all the dark-headed women. Nice. So that's Linda Gray, Victoria Principal, and so on.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Um, so we know that a uh, Thirteen Fanboy. Uh, I know it uh, just came out on DVD. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, so for those that are unaware, what is Thirteen Fanboy all about?
1: Thirteen Fanboy is about an obsessed fan who is stalking his um, the different actors from Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween. Um, it stars Dee Wallace, who, if you you guys of course know her from yeah. his movies, yeah. e. T., um, the Halloween Cujo critters. Um, Gosh, I mean, there's so many. It's literally over 200 films that she has been in. She's an amazing dynamo. And um, she played also in Halloween, Cynthia Stroke. Mm -hmm. And and Friday the 13th, we have um, two of the most famous Jasons, Mm -hmm. which is CJ Graham from part six, and four-time Jason Voorhees, Kane Hodder. And both... All of these people, absolute legends. Yes. We have um, Laura Park Lincoln, one of our um, f- favorite final girls. We have Judy Aronson, we have Tracy Savage. Absolutely. I'm uh, playing a small role in it, although my main role is that of a director and um, co-producer and co-writer on the project. And uh, let's see, we have Ron Sloan in there. And actually, Ron Sloan plays Dee's um, husband in the mm-hmm. film. So one of the things that's really kind of interesting about this is that everybody is playing a version of themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Think about that. Think about the intimidation there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It is one thing to call up an actor and say, I want you to play this character. He's not you. Right. He's being stalked. Now I'm calling and saying, I want you to play yourself being stopped. Nice. That level is much higher. It was for me too. I was nervous about it. I really was. Now, once I made the decision to do it, that nervousness left. Mm -hmm. But, you know, initially, um, and it, well, I'll tell you very quickly how the whole thing started. Yeah. I was on the phone with my producing partner. His name's Joel Paul Reisick. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about possibly doing a different film. But then he goes, I'm just curious. What are horror fans like? You know, he's not familiar with them at all. And he's, you you guys might be a little on the scary side. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I I, honestly, 99% of horror fans are just amazing. Yes. And so he's kind of like... What about the
0: others?
1: (laughs) And I said, well, I had a couple situations that were a bit uncomfortable. And one of them was on Facebook Messenger, I received a message from somebody that said, wouldn't it be cool if you died in real life like you died on Friday the 13th? That felt a bit unnerving. I blocked the person. Three weeks later, I have no idea if it was the same person or not. I'm going to assume it wasn't, but I don't know that to be true. Yeah. I'm alone in my office or you know, at home, my home office, mm-hmm. late at night, single light on, working on my computer on a script, ding on my phone, my personal phone, not Facebook Messenger, which was way more worrisome. And um, my drapes are open to the outside. And he says, I'm watching you. I'm like, he actually could have been watching me at that moment. I could have been anywhere else in the house where he might not have been able to see me. But at that moment, he could have been. Gosh. And then I get ding, ding, ding. And it's made clear he's pretending to be Jason Voorhees. And he's there to kill me. And I tell my producing partner this, of course, I block the person. Tell my producer and partner this because that's our movie. And if you'll remember, that is in the film. Yeah. yeah. So there actually are real life things here. This is about a stalker, someone who is harassing people he yeah. doesn't know. Yeah. And um, that to me, um, up, see element of fear because it can really happen.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: we all love the scary movies that can't happen. Yep. We love watching, you know, like Frankenstein creature. Yep. We love, you know, watching Jason. Um, we love watching Michael, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly Jason. Nobody's coming up out of the grave to kind of get you, right? have fun with the jump scares and you know being in the movie theater how often in the movie theater a horror movie do horror fans laugh right because we're laughing at ourselves for jump yep. you know you gotta jump jump and I, i've had my i've f- thrown my popcorn before nice yeah help but laugh because you were so silly because you know it's just a movie right yep, yep. and so but this it, it can happen.
0: Yeah,
1: it can. People do have stalkers. And we had um, Adrian King decided not to be a part of the project because she did have a stalker. Yep. Judy Aronson had a stalker. Mm-hmm. Clark Lincoln had a stalker. Yep. All very serious situations. Yep. Long was stalked for six and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um...
0: Yeah, it's it's a, a crazy a crazy story that really do, it does happen, it does right. happen especially to celebrities, which is what this points out. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. Right. And I, the um,
1: most of fandom is wonderful, but there is that ugly side.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Ron Sloan, if you don't mind, I would like to play something for you that he sent me on my birthday last year. Oh, nice. Let me uh send this. Cause I, I, I I love this. I cherish it right in the voice of junior. I love it. I love it. He sent that to me to my, on my birthday. And I, I absolutely cherish that. And uh, a funny story also about the, the movie theater thing is like my partner, he, uh, he absolutely doesn't like horror movies, and I force him—literally force him—to go see them in the theater with me because I want to see them. But I like him to experience that with me. So we go to see it, and he—he's literally there, and he's holding his shirt up. He whispers to me, and he goes, "You know something? I don't believe in paying uh, two out, uh, paying for two and a half hours of anxiety." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just the so so I know, serious. I
1: totally get him. I understand.
0: Yeah, so serious.
1: <laughs> Let's no, have no right? right? And he's
0: like, I don't know how you love this. You're like literally waiting for the the jump scare and when it happens, you laugh at it and you love it. I'm like it's an adrenaline rush I love.
1: Right? Absolutely. I think that's how horror fans feel. They love that adrenaline yeah. rush. And it's a safe scare.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know,
1: it's not real yeah absolutely so that's why it can be fun
0: absolutely and we know that uh the movie has ton of uh, you know alumni from the film um, and also of course Dee Wallace who I've interviewed and very very amazing lady. Um, yes. It's funny because when I interviewed her she uh, said I don't want to cancel on you Scotty but I got called to be on set. Um, I'm going to do the interview we uh, only have 30 minutes I'm going to do the interview in hair and makeup she gave me 45.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So,
0: nice. Amazing lady. Um, but of course there's somebody that isn't in any of those franchises but she's I would say a newcomer, so to speak, mm-hmm. and the leading lady, the star of it, Haley Greenbauer. Right. Um, Haley I,
1: Greenbauer, yes. Haley Greenbauer and Dee Wallace are both leading um, yeah. ladies in this. Yep. She's fantastic. One yeah. thing you might not know about Haley, she did every bit of her stunt work. And as you know, she had a kick-ass fight scene. Did she not? Yes, yes
0: she did. She really did. She
1: did all of her own stunt work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to have her back on the show again to talk about it more now that it's been released. Because when I you got me in touch with her the first time, but the film wasn't even released yet. It was still in post. Mm -hmm. So now we would have more to talk about, obviously, with, uh, you know, now that it's actually been released. Obviously, it's free, but, um, you know, until we actually, you know, more people actually see this. But uh, how did you, um, because I loved her as as one of the leading roles. I thought she was amazing. So what made you decide... I want to go with Haley. She's the girl for this part.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is a great story. Okay. Um, we, she came out early on. Remember we did the Indiegogo campaign? Yeah. Now, mind you, this film was not made on just Indiegogo dollars. It was Indiegogo and investors. Mm-hmm. So, but we were working on an Indiegogo video. And um, I asked some actors that I felt strongly might work well into the film. Mm -hmm. You know, chance to meet them and get to work with them right before I made my decision. Mm -hmm. And um Haley was um came in to play um one of the two main roles in it, and um she had to jump off of a cliff into very deep and very cold water, and it was gonna be at night, okay. And I told her, I said, I'm going to get you there before it gets dark. Mind you, we had to hike in to get to that spot. There was no way to drive to it. Right. And so I ended up unintentionally lying to her because we, you know, we had so much shooting before Mm -hmm. we didn't make it in time. Right. So we get there and we shoot everything else that we need to shoot. Mm -hmm. And I turned to her and I said, look. I told you, you would be able to see the site and get comfortable with the layout before we did this. Mm -hmm. Wrong. It's obviously dark. Yeah. If you want, we will reset up tomorrow when we can get here earlier. And so you can get a lay of the land. And I said, I can promise you though, I did really thoroughly check this because I came and made a thousand percent certain if she jumped at a certain point she's not going to get hurt she's just going to yeah. go into the water and of course I'm like you can swim right <laughs> <laughs> and um don't ever lie about that by the way <laughs> <laughs> and if she didn't know how oh my gosh and she said let's do it so I showed her exactly where to go and she needed to she ended up having to jump in three times and um When we left, I was just sitting there going, yep, my Kelsey Voorhees has to be a badass. That's a badass. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I wouldn't have blamed her. I might have still hired her even if we came back the next day. Because, and I even told her when she said yes, I said, are you 100% certain? Because I am 100% okay with not doing it now.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry. Excuse me. (laughs) But
1: she said go, and we did it was famed. Absolutely.
0: and yeah. can you and was, i'm assuming it was a really high cliff so imagine the impact actually stinging you know and being cold oh my goodness I can, only yeah. I can only imagine you can only imagine she, she's
1: she was tough she was tough <laughs> yeah so
0: this obviously um independent films there's a lot of drawbacks, a lot of things that are, Mm -hmm. you know, hard with getting it done, whether it's financing, scheduling, or whatever. Um, What do you believe was the hardest part
1: in completing this film? Okay. Um, You're right, there are some very difficult things. And let me just focus on one other thing about um, indie film first, before I get to the negative parts. Okay. Um, One of the most positive things about doing an indie film is it's very empowering mm-hmm. to take the reins you're not going to the studio and asking permission mm-hmm. not going to large production company and asking permission you're taking the reins and making it happen absolutely and that's a really incredible rush really um, for 13 fanboy probably logistics was the most difficult. Because I shot in a small town in New Mexico. It's a ski town, mountain town, beautiful pine trees and everything. But there is no airport close by. So we are talking about people flying into Albuquerque and then having to drive three hours to there. Oh, goodness. People picking them up and stuff. But that meant that almost every day somebody was either being picked up at the airport or leaving to the airport. And so I was always having to lose a crew member to go and get them there. And then, of course, once you pick them up, let's say we're picking them up, you know, have, um, an airplane flight, depending on where they're from. But it's been a while. They're usually hungry. You to stop, feed them, and um, get them back in the car and drive them back another six hours. Sometimes they need to make um, stops in different places. So you're talking about at least a minimum of eight hours to get it done, right? So that logistics of getting people in. Mm -hmm. Um, We The other thing was New Mexico is fairly small. And while I was able to, I hired a lot of people from New Mexico. I did have to hire outside of state. And so that added to the number of people coming in. Now, some of them, um, like my, um, I had a brilliant cinematographer from California named Ben Meredith. Nice. And he um, drove in because, you know, he had a lot of equipment to bring. Yeah. And um, our uh, special effects persons, both both Meg Wilbur and um, Nora Hewitt yeah. both drove in. And that made it easier on me. I'm not sure if it was easier on right. that. They both had a lot of, they all had a lot of things to pack. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, making a film is incredibly rewarding. Yeah. And, um, it's one of the hardest things that you'll ever pull off.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. In fact, if there's any um, filmmakers out there who want to make a film, before you try to make your first film, I'm going to suggest to you that you get, um, there's a video um, workshop that you can do. And it's actually with my producing partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, His name's Joel Paul Reisach. And he will take you from the beginning to end on what you need to do to make sure that you can get distribution. Yep. And um, it's a it's a long workshop, but well worth it. And nobody should try and do a film without it. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I remember you uh, recommended something like that for me when I asked you for advice, and you were mm-hmm. so amazing to give me that advice. And you told me start with a short film. This this type of equipment. Don't settle for less. And right. Try this workshop. I'll give you. There's a YouTube tutorials. I'll give you a couple of links that I know of.
1: Like, right.
0: That's those are important because if you know there's nothing worse than putting all the work into a film and having a bad movie.
1: Right, exactly. And uh, the name of the workshop you can go to be your hollywood.com Okay. okay. Your ownhollywood.com. Awesome. Joel Paul Reisick, who does it. That's awesome. I recommend it
0: That's awesome. I, I definitely think mm-hmm. that's something everybody that is an aspiring filmmaker should check out. Um, absolutely yeah so I'm gonna ask the question that I originally wasn't gonna ask spoiler free so we know that um there is a killer in the movie obviously Mm -hmm. so the killer that you um that is revealed was this person were they they um one of the people that you would I guess originally have in the script or was this something that was brought on Last minute, or what was it changed at all? How how do you elaborate on that?
1: Um, you know, we really had done a lot of juggling trying to decide. The most important thing to me was that we had a lot of twists and turns, Miss mm-hmm. a who done it. Were you kind of start to think maybe, oh no, wait, maybe this. No, no, wait. You know, <laughs> and so it was more about the twists and turns right. that I was looking at. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, yes, I kind of had an idea of where I wanted to go. I, and in fact, when you're writing a script, one of the most important things to know, know your ending
0: mm-hmm.
1: first, then know your beginning. And only then should you start to fill in between. Yep. Think about it. Like you're creating a maze. Yeah. You've, have you ever cheated and gone to the end of the maze and you immediately get through really fast? Yep. Right? yep. If you know you're ending and then add your beginning and then fill in. Yeah. It just all falls into place so much easier because okay. you make sure to leave your breadcrumbs in the proper place. Absolutely. You know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I interviewed Jason Bradford and Christopher Norris. Now, forgive me. I don't remember who brought this to my attention, but I told them I had to ask Mm -hmm. you this question uh, because they brought it up to me. And I think they even said they brought it up to you. So I don't remember who it was. You might be able to fill me in on that. I'm pretty sure it was Jason Bradford, though. But we have obviously 13 Fanboy. Is there a possibility of a sequel where we have Mm -hmm. alumni from, say, Halloween, maybe titled 31 Fanboy?
1: You know... We have um, been talking about doing a sequel from the very beginning, mm-hmm. how that will look, whether we'll go to a different franchise, stay with this one, or do something entirely different right. in um, that fanboy type world, right. the Joker world. I, I don't know the answer to that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, we've probably thrown around every possible scenario, you know, you know, going to a different franchise. I have kind of had another one I have in my mind is maybe sticking to more of one of the true stories. Yeah. You know, even though I used a lot of elements in this film that were true, that happened to people. Um, And interestingly enough, when I talked to Adrienne King, I haven't, she's never told me the details about her situation. Mm -hmm. And um, she said one day when we could sit down and have a bottle of wine together and Mm -hmm. read that she would tell me the whole story. But after she read the script, she told me that you don't know it, but you hit way too close to the truth. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So... Um, but to take uh, one of the stories of what happened in real life, I think that would be a big interest to people. So yeah. possibility too. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I have zero idea what direction we're going to go with it. Right. But that's kind of the one that is yeah. most attractive to me.
0: And I'm sure um, with you, uh, you know, in charge, I'm sure you'll be able to come to a, something that will satisfy not just yourself and your cast and crew, but also the audience. Because it is a tough decision. I mean, do you go right. Halloween? Do you go Nightmare on Elm Street? Do you stay with Friday the Thirteenth? Do you go to real world scenario? It's like there's right. it, it, a lot of choices, and it's and it's going to be a tough one to choose from. Um,
1: I agree. Yeah. And I think I think one of the things though, um, while uh, you know, I definitely want. You know the fans to be excited about it and everything, but the reality is you really can't engineer something yeah. to be something that fans will necessarily like. Yeah. I've noticed lately in movies, and I don't know if people are feeling discontent or what. There seems to be like these wildly crazy factions of love hate.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, it's kind of interesting to me because the, the truth is there's some amazing movies out there that some people have just absolutely have called shit and I'm just like okay you may not have been your favorite film but really you cannot call this that movie by right. any stretch of the imagination Yeah. so trying to please that doesn't necessarily work um I think you end up making decisions and compromises to your story yeah. to get things you think your fans will like, mm-hmm. not, they might right. be the very thing that they hate. So right. I think if you can just give them a really good story. Right. And pick your best story based on what makes a good story.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And if you haven't read it yet, get, um, uh, the anatomy of a story mm-hmm. by, truby i may have already told you that one you might have. i think you did a really really good one to mm-hmm. help you organize your script into something that will really draw people in there's certain elements that draw people in yeah and um you know i've had some people argue and say well it's just following a formula it's yeah. not go, well if if you just follow a formula you'll never get a king speech Right. But I can show you how King's speech follows that emotional pull every bit as much yep. as any blockbuster movie you might be accustomed to seeing that was following what you would call a formula. Absolutely. The world is about to come to an end and somebody's got to come and save the day, right? Yep, absolutely. So we how many times have we seen it? But we still enjoy it, don't we? we? Do, right. Yeah. But the King's Speech follows that same pattern.
0: Yep. Look at Titanic. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. went to see it, a big blockbuster film. Everybody knows the ship's going to sink.
1: Right, you do, <laughs> but you still want you to still
0: see it. You want right. to experience and there, it.
1: And it was absolutely beautifully done. The set design, the acting, the music, everything about it was absolutely superb. And right. you still got people bashing it. Absolutely. So you cannot allow that audience to interfere. and it right. was blockbuster. Yeah. You know yeah.
0: Absolutely. And so. any, any horror movie, especially Slashers, mm-hmm. whether there's one killer, two killers, three killers, four killers, no matter what. You always know the person that's the final girl, usually the final mm-hmm. girl, is the one mm-hmm. that's going to be the one that survives and kills X amount of killers. Like that, right. that, like look at Friday the Thirteenth. They always leave it open that Jason can come back, but he's always defeated in the end. Usually by one girl, sometimes a girl and a guy, but uh, right. but usually it's you know the, the final girl gets the best of him. But we all know what's going to happen, and we all know right. there's going to be another movie, but right. we still right. want to see it because we like the because the, the premise of the movie is very simple. All you uh, right. you know horny teenagers go to camp and get killed. And mm-hmm. the one girl overcomes the killer because she's not horny. <laughs> it's really the <laughs> really
1: the, the plot of the movies.
0: That's <laughs> really how it is. Um, and um, well, I do look want at to...
1: romantic comedies. They're yeah. basically the same as a horror movie. Yeah, it's very you know what couples getting together in the end. Yeah. But you still go to watch it to see yep. how they get together and yep. what they go through till they finally yep. get there.
0: That's my mom to a T with those Hallmark Christmas movies. Every movie has the same plot. There's probably five different plots to it. And there's always the, and the, you know, the prince becomes a king and ends up choosing the peasant instead of the queen.
1: Right, right, exactly. <laughs> of course, of course. But
0: we want to see the ride. We want to go along for the ride.
1: Exactly. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yep, it's, isn't
0: it? yep absolutely. they are
1: fun. They're just in yeah. a great way... It's one of my favorite things in the world. It's one of a great way to just kind Mm -hmm. of hear. Absolutely. So many really wonderful movies. I don't know if you've seen 355 yet, but that is an amazing movie. See it. I have to check that out. I have to check that out. See it. It's so freaking good. I've seen it twice.
0: I have to check that out for sure. Um, And Mm -hmm. then... um, and another idea, if you want to get an idea of what your quote-unquote fandom or you know your your audience likes, you obviously mm. have the group, Deborah, you know Vorhees, your horror group. I know right. in groups you can actually post, uh, you know, polls. So maybe right. post a poll in there, like. If we did a sequel, not that we are, but if we did do a sequel, what mm-hmm. would you want to see? Another Friday the Thirteenth, Thirteenth Fanboy, a Halloween one, a you know a Texas right. Chainsaw Massacre Nightmare on Elm Street, a real life world, or give them an option to put their own you know entry in?
1: Right. Well, and I actually did use that some okay. while doing Thirteenth Fanboy, like when I was creating the trailer with mm-hmm. um, Riley Morris, C. Morris, yeah. our, my co-editor. He. Um, And I were trying to decide what to include. I knew that horror fans didn't like to see the kills. Right. But I thought, well, would they want, you know, a little bit Mm -hmm. of a kill or something? And so I did. I posted in there a poll, you know, like, uh, show me the kills. Show me no kills. Show me a little bit. Show me the tension. And uh, I mean, it was like, don't you dare show me a kill. (laughs) Right. You know, can show me the threat, show me the fear, and show me the anxiety toward it. Yeah. Don't show me a kill, right? You know, it, yeah, don't do it. And yeah.
0: I do have a bone to pick with you, Miss Voorhees, about that trailer. Uh-oh. That trailer, that when they said Tiffany Helms' body uh, was found, or whatever, or whatever. That you know, the um, the uh, announcer. I was yes. told I, this is before I saw the trailer. A couple of people mm-hmm. reached out to me and they're like, "Scotty, did you send her a, a, a voice message?" Because I swear to God, that sounds like you as uh, in that trailer. I'm like, "Really, oh, where at?" I? I looked. I'm like, "That does sound like me."
1: Oh, how funny <laughs> was I'm trying to remember. Oh no, that was. Let me think. Let me think. That was one of the YouTubers. Who was it?
0: James A. Janice from Dead Meat.
1: Now he did the the part at the horror convention. Okay. Um, Lee did Lee McCoy did the um, the part when they were looking for Lar Park Lincoln.
0: Lee McCoy. Wow, I love that last name.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great name, isn't it? Just my last name. <laughs> That's funny. That's- you know that was um, Ben Diatley okay uh, Friday the 13th network nice
0: yeah. nice that, that's awesome yeah. and I know he you have in
1: the remember the scene with Haley in the bedroom you know she's yes. looking- and add his report on that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I remember I do remember that because I, I right. remember saying to myself, "Okay, so he was the one that was this, the obviously the announcer because the voice sounded very similar, but it sounded more like mine in the trailer. I guess because you didn't see him talking, but then when you saw
1: probably, him, you know, I hadn't thought of it, but you're right. Y'all have a very similar voice.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: I thought of it. Yeah.
0: Some people, because I know you were, like, I think running, like, a contest or something for something about being in the movie or something at one point, and a a lot of people were asking me if I actually was, if I actually asked uh, like, submit it for that, and that was my part, and I'm like, no!
1: (laughs) Oh, how funny. No, I did, I, well, I tried to open it up for fans all across the board. Okay. I asked fans to audition uh, for voice work, Mm for acting work. Yeah. them to um, send in their music for possible use, and we used two songs from fans. That's
0: awesome.
1: um, We, I had visual arts painters, draw, people who drew and stuff. You remember Dee in her studio where she's painting? Yes, yep. You know that um, was Tammy McCoy's work. That's funny. Oh, I've got okay. McCoy's all around here. Yeah, McCoy's are
0: everywhere. McCoy, I love
1: McCoy. it. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: Why is Scotty McCoy yeah. in it? <laughs>
1: I know you didn't audition did you i
0: know i know i didn't i didn't um but uh noeli burger was in there and she's a good friend nice. of mine absolutely became amazing friends with her and she uh she
1: uh, is such a sweetheart
0: she is she really is there's
1: some amazing people it was so much fun oh and i invited people to come to be extras on oh that's our, right um horror convention yep you and we actually had several who came and took me up on it.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I know uh, like we mentioned uh James A. Janice uh was all mm-hmm. from the, he was there. Yep. Um, I interviewed him. Um great guy, really great guy, very mm-hmm. funny. And I'm, I'm he really
1: yeah, he actually really helped save us because I had all my shooting done, except for I hadn't shot at a convention yet. Yeah. And while I had created a fake convention and done some of that, I needed something that was a little bit bigger where I could see mm-hmm. more of everything to give more yep. of a feel that it was a big deal, a big convention. Sure. Conventions are what they look like. Yep. And he had some film footage mm-hmm. that he was able to let me use. So that yeah.
0: brilliantly. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and the last question I got for you regarding Thirteen Fanboy um, is. Uh, about perks, um, I know uh, you're mm-hmm. in the process of getting them out. Uh, what, like, mm-hmm. What is the expected, I guess, estimated or approximate uh, time that people can expect to get their perks?
1: I wish I could tell you, okay. um, but I can't right now. Okay. Um, I can tell you that I'm going to work as fast as I can. I'm 100% on my own in getting this. Mm-hmm. Together. Um, I'm uh, working right now on um, getting... The art and everything to people who are going to make the DVDs. Um, We were not able, we were not allowed to even approach that until the actual DVD release date. And that is today. Mm -hmm. Um, You could have lost us our distribution contract. Yeah. And so um, we are, so I'm in the middle of that. I'm putting in the order to get the mask. And so yeah. Uh, the mask. I think initially my idea was to get everything together and put it in one box and send it. But the more that I'm looking at the logistics of that, that was probably a naive thing for me to think would work out well. Right. So I think I'm probably going to, as soon as I have the DVDs, send mm-hmm. it out, basically I can in an envelope. Yeah. Um, I already have. We have several people who um, uh, bought in on what was called the Friday special, mm-hmm. which a um, Friday the 13th mask. Right. I already have all of those. Okay. So those will go into all into one box and be sent out together once okay. I get and the poster and all of that together. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it is complicated. And then you have to think about it. Yeah. Um, people's emails change, phone numbers yeah. change, addresses change. And for some of these people, I'm like going... Mm-hmm. I don't know where you are. I don't yeah. know. How. So, if anybody out there who has contributed, and you go, "Oh yeah, that's right," I was under such and such email. Email, message me on Facebook in the personal messaging department and. Um, let me know. Absolutely,
0: and let her know if you have an address change as well because I know uh, my my mail is actually getting lost in my apartment.
1: (laughs) I lost Um, a couple of
0: important things, including tax documents that had personal, you know, identifying information like social security mm, number on it. And literally they put a security lock on my apartment. And uh, now when they open it, they don't click the box to, to have it call me so I can unlock the door. Now they just leave it right outside where anybody passing can literally pick it up and take it with them. So I had to get I had to get, um, a new document. So anything That's I have sent to my partner's house, he was five minutes away. So I gave you his address and I'm glad you updated that because I guarantee you, I probably wouldn't see that, see anything that I so got. So
1: you at your apartment, you don't have um, post office, you know, like the boxes and stuff you go- in. PO
0: box, we do have PO boxes. I never looked into them, but I've been told, especially with Slasher Scotty becoming bigger, especially in the audio department and I'm branching out that mm-hmm. I should get a PO box for if anybody wants to send me something for whether it's unboxings or reviews or something I should get an actual box that way I can actually go and get that
1: right Um, well I'm surprised that you don't have a box so at your apartment I've never we
0: do but they're inside the building but the main door is unlocked in order to get to get to the mailbox you gotta press my apartment number on the keypad um, it says mm-hmm. my apartment number, and it says what number you press, and then it'll call me, and then I press the number on my phone. It'll un- it'll unlock the door, and then they can enter the building. Mm-hmm. So, um, so unfortunately, if they don't do I mean, that, usually
1: and- though, but, um, post offices they will have a key, the code to get in.
0: Yeah, but I'm talking about like UPS or FedEx. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Right, right, right,
1: right. Okay, yeah. of course. I gotcha. I was thinking United Postal Service.
0: Yep. Gotcha. Yep. USPS. Yeah, USPS. Yeah. I get my mail fine. Of course, I get the bills just as, just as good. But
1: you know, they never get lost.
0: <laughs> they never get lost. I get the bills, but I don't get my packages. Amazon, right, right. everything like that ends up getting me. But
1: I wanted my bubble bath.
0: Absolutely. Um, So transitioning into Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. so how did you land the role of Tina in that film? What was your audition like?
1: Oh, that was pretty interesting. It was basically um, a huge cattle call. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I got there, and it was just lines and lines of people going Mm -hmm. through. You just walked through the line, and there was a table, and you put down, at that time, you put down your photo and bio and all of that. Um, and then, you know, I, I went in for three separate auditions, one for the casting director, then the, um, producer and then the producer and I, I'm sorry, then the director, then the director and the producer. Okay. And, but after I, um, auditioned for the director, he let me know that he wanted me for the role. Nice. And so it was more of a courtesy to meet the producer, right. even did read and stuff for him. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, no, it was very exciting. I felt incredibly honored. Uh, That's great. To yeah.
0: That's great. And uh, your death scene, Um. obviously, a lot of it is off screen because of how mm-hmm. vicious it is. But right. the thing that gets me with that scene is when he gets the hedge clippers and puts it in the eyes and squishes it down, you can hear the bone crack. So I how know. was the set being like? Uh, how was it filmed to prep for your SFX on your eyes? How was that right. done? Did it burn all that stuff?
1: Absolutely. Well, the first thing had to happen was long before I ever got to the set, mm-hmm. to the um, uh, special effects person where they did the prosthetics,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was kind of like think of Silly Putty, but very cold. Mm-hmm. Went over just this part of my face. Yeah. Might have gone over my nose, but I don't think so. I think it was more like about right here. Okay. And it definitely didn't cover my mouth. And it was kind of like it froze. Mm-hmm. I, you know, have you ever had a slurpee and you're slurping along yep. and you get the brain freeze? Yeah. Well, this is the brain freeze, but you can't suck it, stop sucking the slurpee and make it go away. It's still yep. thin- ah. mm-hmm. And so once that was made, basically that was the mold to make the part for my eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, it was only about this size because it's just the mask right in here. So even a little bit smaller because it's below the eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And um, then once I got to set, it's very, very thin. And they wanted to have, of course, the skin look to it. Right. But you can imagine if you go and just glue that on, it's clear there's a mask between right. here. And there. So it took about three hours of very slowly mm-hmm. putting that in, so that they could make it look like it fit right my skin, you know, right. have that break. Yeah. And um, then of course they put. The- Dark and then coloring in there, and then the last thing that they put in was the blood. Now, by that point, I could not see anymore. So, talk about being. Hang on, just a second. Yeah. Sunny, come here. Come here. <laughs> All right. Um, so I went cute. to scout. Hello. This is one of the stars of. Thirteen fanboy. This is he's so cute. Aww, he's so sweet. <laughs> him out. Go ahead, go on. I think they, <laughs> sorry. I think they had to go to the bathroom. No problem. So to get out. So, <laughs> no okay. So um, so by this time, with the mask and everything, I can't see. Mm-hmm. First day on set. So um, the director was really nice to me, Danny Steinman, and he came and got me the dressing art, or, or, you know, from makeup and then led me out because I really couldn't see and to make sure that I was stepping where I wouldn't, you know, hurt myself, you know, step over that rock, step over you, know, that kind of thing. And um, yeah, but you're, I was naked in the scene. That's what I was going to
0: ask. Were were you naked when you had to get walked as well? Like you couldn't see? No.
1: Then I have on a rope. Okay. So you you get into the sea. So Mm I had to the double, the little bit of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah. And then the blood and stuff, even though they tried and I try to keep my eyes closed, it still seeps in. Mm -hmm. It definitely burnt. I bet. I bet.
0: Um, so speaking of your nude scene, um, mm-hmm. was was it a closed set? And were you uncomfortable performing those scenes?
1: Um, I won't say, I, uncomfortable might be um, a little strong of a word. Yes, and in some ways, of course, it is. I mean, you're completely naked in front of strangers. Right. Um, so, yeah. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it's being filmed but was it uncomfortable like I want to get up and run and leave no not okay. that uncomfortable. all right It was just more uh, well okay you know <laughs> what I do and actually in any time I'm doing something in acting I kind of put a bubble around myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so that none of these people out here exist anymore okay. except the person I'm communicating with okay. because at any moment that I become aware of the camera guy or, mm-hmm. the, or the sound guy or the grip over here, um, you're going to see it in my eyes Yeah, that I'm not communicating in, in mm-hmm. this supposedly scary place. Right. And so it mm-hmm. helps me because I shut that world out. Yes, it was a closed set. Um, then, and in a close set, that basically means only absolute necessary people. Mm-hmm. We had uh, one or two lighting people, we had the director, um, we had um, the assistant director, makeup, hair, and um, just in general, somebody to kind of help you out, uh, you know, make sure I had my robe. It was cold, so they made sure that I had some hot tea and things. When when you are on a, a film set, you're treated like gold. Yeah. They can't afford you to get sick. Right. Absolutely. We're talking about big, big time money losses. Yeah. At one point, I was sitting there, and um, the producer decided that I didn't have everything I needed. He goes, why doesn't she have a blanket? Where is her tea? <laughs> and all of a sudden, everybody rushed around me. And I'm right. like, I was fine. Thank you.
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you for the tea. Right. <laughs> and
0: now, were you the only one that was naked on set? Or was your co-star John Robert Dixon also? He was,
1: too. Yeah. Was too. We were both fully naked.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, it, it, a lot of people think. Like whether it's soap operas or horror movies, when you do a sex scene that oh my God, I would love to do that. That's so like it's so great just to get paid to have sex. It's not as sexy <laughs> as you think. It really no,
1: and you're not having sex. Right, exactly. <laughs> and not- exactly. And
0: it, it, it's not really that sexy because it's very there is technical.
1: nothing sexy about it. There's it's nothing very sexy about it. You know, and it's like, you know, turn your head this way. We yep. kissed so long that my jaw hurt. I didn't oh, want to kiss anybody. For about two weeks. Wow. You're supposed to be trying to look like you're kissing, and they're like, nope, nope, you move your head this way. And you're like, wow. Yeah. And then you end up in this really weird, kind of contorted position. Yeah. Looks natural on film, but for that just you,
0: that like, just shows how good <laughs> of an actor you are, too. <laughs> Yep. Thank you. Yep, of course yeah it's, it's like and yeah it's it's really a technical thing and then you have all these people watching yep. you and yelling at you do this do that you know it, Well, do you
1: you know on a good set no one but the director should talk to the um actor right. yeah um it's you know if the dp needs something they should go through the director because it may not yeah. be something that they like yeah. or um, and that's definitely a huge pet peeve for me. And most actors will get really upset yeah. because they don't know what's in my mind. Yeah. So they might tell the actor something completely different. Yeah. And so, and, and plus as a director, you that's one of your big jobs is to make sure you have a really good rapport yeah. and are making your actor feel comfortable. Absolutely somebody else is barking orders at them, then eventually what you have is you have different people telling you different things. Yeah. You don't know what to do. And then you're taken out of the moment.
0: Yeah.
1: I always just, you know, very quietly direct my um, actor. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's um, it's about respect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you really should not allow anybody else to be giving commands.
0: Absolutely, I completely agree with that. From a filmmaker myself, I completely agree mm-hmm. with that. It's it just, it's really just it's a, a respect thing. The director is the director. Mm-hmm. They're the one directing the movie. They're making
1: the right, movie. right, so it's
0: in the title,
1: <laughs> right, and that's it's it's about keeping the actor actor, you know, in a good yeah. space too. Absolutely. And um, I highly recommend for anybody who's going to direct, make sure that you have a little bit of time where you're put in front of a camera Mm -hmm. so that you know what it feels like on the other side. Yep. They have a really hard job.
0: They do. And a lot of people think that they see the actor on the TV or on the movie or whatever, and they think... That they're they're the ones that are well known, but it's not just right. the cast; it's the crews, not just the director, the producers, and that. There's the camera people, the boom mic mm-hmm. operators, the SFX, the hair and makeup, mm-hmm. the caterers. Right. Everybody right. makes a movie. It's a team No one person is bigger than the other.
1: You are absolutely one hundred percent correct on that, and that's one yeah. thing I stress on my films. I don't allow anybody to play. Oh, I'm the big shot. Yeah. Just don't hire those people.
0: Yeah, and I, I completely agree because if, if mm-hmm. you have somebody thinking they're better than everybody else, then the movie just, it's going to be a very uncomfortable situation.
1: It will be, and it ends up, you know, where people are snippy and ugly. I had to lose a couple of people on the set because I I had very clearly stated that we're I don't allow people to pick on other people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I had two people that... Um, every single member of my crew came and told me they had problems wow found out they were even picking on one of my actors wow yeah oh. yeah so Big <laughs> that's a huge yeah. no no because yeah. the actor you know they're trying to get about to get on into a scene yeah. whatever they need to feel in that scene and yeah. needs to happen now yeah. they got this thing that just happened where they just got yelled at and it's mm-hmm. father- yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And, they're, and it's not easy for them because they're, they're not, it's not like they're just going on set and playing themselves. They're playing right. a character, whether it's a Tracy Savage, where she's playing herself, she's playing herself, but she's playing herself as a fictionalized version of herself. So she's exactly. got to get into that version into that mindset. And if you have somebody, you know, yelling at you, and they're not even in charge, and even the director shouldn't be yelling at you, they should calmly no. explain what we what want because that, that's how you know that's the professional way to go and if you if Absolutely. you have people yelling at you you don't get in character you it it just lingers there yeah
1: right yeah you're gonna be great at this you got the right attitude to start Thank you.
0: You. i've been i've been on a co- about five films i've done and two uh three of them have been mine a nice yeah. a lot came a, came a long way since you gave me that advice
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Absolutely. You remembered.
0: I did. <laughs> so um, awesome. what do you believe the best part about filming Friday the 13th, part five was? And what about the worst?
1: Um, I can't really think of anything that would be the worst. Although probably um some might say that um the worst might have been because, you know, I was fired from two teaching positions because mm-hmm. But ultimately, while it was very sad and difficult for me at the mm-hmm. time, um, it became uh, a blessing because it put me back into filmmaking. Yeah. I'd probably still be teaching because I enjoyed it and I felt like I was really helping people. Right. And, um, <clears throat> but I would much rather be doing this.
0: And if I may ask, what did you teach?
1: Uh, British literature. Oh, yeah. nice. American literature and um, journalism were awesome. my main, but British literature and journalism were awesome. My. And, um, but the best, honestly, it's fans. <laughs> I found horror fans are pretty damn cool. Yeah. A few exceptions, very yeah. Few exceptions. Yeah. Most part, I was a little bit nervous when I first started meeting horror fans because think of it this way, you know, here I was, you know, naked in this film. Mm-hmm. I, was afraid that there might be, they might be disrespectful to me.
0: Right.
1: Yes. I, I, I don't have any problem with nudity, but in many ways, I'm very conservative.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I don't, um, you know, I'm careful about what I do with my body. Right. You know? And so I was a little bit worried that there might be disrespect yeah and that's not what i found at all yeah and i found quite the opposite they were very thoughtful uh very careful um yeah just i mean very very awesome that's awesome
0: 99% (laughs) absolutely absolutely and and you're you're absolutely actually
1: actually i have to correct that because it's more than 99%, because that would suggest that one out of a is a problem. And that is absolutely not true. Right.
0: 99.9. 9. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely not true. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, but, and like, yeah. And you're, you're very beautiful, obviously. And obviously you were young and did a nude scene. So I could see why, you know, you would feel that way. And the fact that all these people were respectful and were mm-hmm. understanding and caring and they didn't throw any type of slurs or anything out at you at all
1: right that, that right. just
0: that just shows you know how how much hope it gives me for mankind
1: <laughs> right right no yeah. i i found um yeah no they're really wonderful they're Absolutely. really really kind that's the way i did this film yeah 13 fanboy because i kept being asked can you do Something to bring the characters back. Now, their ideas always revolved around something that made it Friday the 13th. Well, you can't buy the rights to Friday the 13th now. That's
0: what I was going to say. If you're going into 13th fanboy expecting to see a Jason Voorhees killer, you're not going to get Jason Voorhees in a hockey mask because there is no Jason Voorhees because you don't own that copyright.
1: Exactly. Exactly. This is a whole different franchise, hopefully. right.
0: Right absolutely and it was really it was really well made it really was i I absolutely enjoyed it like i told you before we started filming um i might have even said on camera i don't remember me my boyfriend is not watched it on halloween last year i think it was out for maybe a week or so at the time and Mm -hmm. i watched it and i absolutely enjoyed every minute of it it was great
1: i'm so glad i'm glad you told me that your boyfriend liked it too yep
0: he does because he's not a horror fan (laughs)
1: Right. No, so oh, right it's all the more special.
0: Absolutely. Um, so the last question I got for you regarding Friday the 13th um, is, uh, did you initially know when filming this movie um, that it was a Friday the 13th film? And if not, when did you find out? What was your reaction when you found out? And have you seen any films of the franchise before that? Big question.
1: Okay. Um, I had seen the first one okay. uh, before that. Um at the time that I first came in, I did not know it. it was a Friday the 13th. And I have tried to figure out when exactly I learned. I know for Ron Sloan and Carol Locatel, they yeah. learned on set when they saw Tom Morgan go by with the mask, right? Um, but for me, if those who don't know, Tom Morgan was the stuntman on it. Um, for me though, I was not surprised on set. Um, I believe I learned it was from Friday the 13th when I went in and with the director. Mm-hmm. And uh, it might've been with the director and producer on the third go around, mm-hmm. but I learned before I went on set.
0: Okay, nice, nice, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And I mean, I can only imagine being in the Friday the 13th movie. Cause like, right? I mean, getting killed by Jason, how cool is that? <laughs>
1: right exactly it
0: really, is. it really is um so the last question i got for you overall and then if you could stay behind for a little bit i wanted just to ask you something quick um about another podcast okay. i do that uh get your permission maybe um to do something okay. but um regarding 13 fanboy but uh okay. the last question i got for you is uh do you have any other project or public appearances that you would like to promote to the listening and viewing audience
1: oh okay um you know right now i am looking at several projects, but I have not picked one that's Mm -hmm. 100% certainty that I'm going with next. Um, But I am looking at a true life ghost story. And I'm looking at um, a couple other ideas that I'm still not quite ready to hash out yet. And scripts are not written, but I'm starting to put together the storyboarding to try and see if this is the direction I wanna go. Um, I would say that um, if you would, please, uh, you know, you can get 13 Fanboy. You can watch it on Vudu, Amazon, iTunes, Xbox, Google Play. Um, You uh, can now buy it uh, online at Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, and uh, I'm missing one. Let's see. Amazon? And Amazon. Okay. Amazon. Amazon. And... uh, so, yeah, you know, buy it. Please give me a good review. I would Absolutely. so appreciate it. Absolutely. And I'm, I am completely shameless. I'm not going to say, oh, give me any ev- review. I don't care if you like <laughs> it. Or like, I care. not Just give me a good review. <laughs>
0: right, right. And uh, you, I do know that you have uh, an appearance coming up with uh, some 13 Fanboy cast members as well as Friday the 13th cast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that quick? I have a,
1: a few coming up. Um, yeah. the most... One coming up is for this May 13th, is mm-hmm. 15th. and um, it's going to be at Blairstown.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, Ron Sloan will be there. Haley Greenbauer, our leading lady in 13 Fanboy. We're going to be playing 13 Fanboy on that Saturday night. And yeah. um, then they have other people coming from the film. Um, I am not sure who all else is coming. I know that Lauren is coming, and I believe she's part two. Yep. I'm trying to remember if CJ Graham is coming to that one or not. He might be, Uh, but you can definitely look it up and and find it.
0: And also for everybody that doesn't, isn't aware, that area that they're going to be at in Blairstown, that is the original shooting spot for the first 1980 film as well, so.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes, I mentioned that. I kind of made Leap in the assumption people knew, but of course they all you never it.
0: know. So, right, exactly.
1: And then let's see, I will be in South Dakota for the SuperCon. Mm-hmm. Um in that's gonna be in September. Yeah. And uh there's another one in August in Topeka, yeah. Kansas, the slash and bash. I'll be there. And um Let's see. I think that's that's what I have scheduled right now.
0: Awesome. But
1: yeah. I hope and, to meet um, you at one of
0: these cons. We're going to so. be
1: showing the film at those places. Awesome. So Thank if you. you haven't gotten to see it on at the theater, this will be a good chance to.
0: Absolutely. And uh, for those that are watching this, uh, don't wait until those events to see the movie. Get your copy of the DVD now and uh, show support and uh, enjoy it because it really is a great film. And I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy it. Thank you. Absolutely. I thank you so much, Debbie, for joining me. You bet. All right. You have a great there, rest of your day. Right. Thank you.
1: Yep. Bye guys.